Yes, folks, I'm Fred McMurray. It's Thursday. Almost everything kicked off correctly. And I say that almost everything clicked off correctly. I'm Fred McMurray, which means, and it's Thursday. I think I said that. Never mind. If this has to be. Ooh, didn't even kick it. There we go. Hmm. Maybe it's this one. Wow. So, welcome to Elizabeth Franchising. Happy Friday Eve. Elizabeth, how are you today? I am good, and I'm very excited about our guest, Patricia Miller from Wisdom Senior Care on today to follow up Carolyn Thurston's interview last week. Oh, yeah. So we've got that to look forward to, but first, word on the street. Hey, guess where we're going? We're hitting the road, Elizabeth and I, and we are going down to the Titus Center uh, down in West Palm Beach. Is that next week? No, two weeks, right? We're going to be down there for the advisory board meeting, and I could not be more excited. We've got a great keynote speaker. Um, I hope I say her name right, Dr. Kay Shillette Stewart, and she's going to be talking about driving business results um, by levering, leveraging the fifth P of marketing. So if you don't know what the four P's are, it's product, price, promotion, and place. But the fifth P, what do you think that might be? It's platform. What's your platform? I read read the email. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the cool thing about that is, you know, we're always talking about how do you get your voice out there? How do you make sure people know who you are, who your business is, and something that's different than just all the marketing? And I think you'll agree, Elizabeth, like in the last couple of years, people are exploding, whether it's on, I'll say Twitter, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, right? All of these social media platforms. And that's really, I think, super important for businesses today that we didn't used to have to worry about so much. Yeah. Well, and not only that, we are a platform. Right. Um, you know, pillars of franchising. So getting on people's shows and podcasts and getting into their our magazines, getting, you know, expanding your digital platform is something that for people who have been in business for a long time is a newer concept. Yeah. You know, the, the younger ones <laughs> – automatically assume that that's a part of it. But yeah. um, depending on where you are and your, and your generational awareness and the, and the knowledge of technology, it's, it's, it can be a challenging thing to embrace. And it can be something that feels risky or, you know, security and who's doing, who's doing what with my information and all that. But the fact is, you know, in, in my company, we say if, if you're not doing it, everybody else is. So you better Absolutely. be on these platforms or you're going to get missed. Yeah, and that, obviously that's not the only thing that we're going down um, to the Titus Center for. Obviously, um, we've talked before about what a great institution that, that is down there, what a great program that um, Dr. John Hayes runs. He's been in franchising since the 80s. He's like the grandfather of, of uh, franchising. And so we're really excited to spend some time with him, along with other franchising professionals that are helping to um, not only promote franchising, but they've got a great franchising um, program down there for people who either want to 
sell, buy, maybe they want to work for franchisors, all kinds of great classes and curriculum for people who are interested in franchising. They do. And, you know, they, they usually, um, at the last board meeting, I went down there and Jerry Akers um, on our team was down there as well. You weren't able to go, but they had students who came up and talked about what it is that they were doing, what their internships look like. They're also always looking for internships. So whether it be with a franchise or um, working in the corporate office or as as a franchisee, you know, learning the ropes in that area. Some of them even become franchisees very young and they have ways of helping them do that. So it's a neat way to meet the students. We actually have a panel um, on December. I think it's the third, the first Thursday of December, John's coming on um, with a couple of his students so that we can get to, meet them and understand what it is that their program is doing. But there are um, four universities that have business degrees with emphasis in franchising. Um, Babson in Wellesley, Massachusetts, Northwood University in Midland, Michigan, uh, Louisville in Kentucky, and then Palm Beach Atlantic in Palm Beach. So it's becoming more of a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to know. I don't think a lot of kids coming out of high school have any idea about this. So I'm really excited about the panel that he's going to bring on the show in a couple of weeks. Um, cool. And then we'll get to meet them when we're down there. Well, I think as we talk about people who start, whether it's internships or you start in, um, you know, uh, an entry-level position, um, it's amazing to see and hear some of the stories. We've talked with Jerry, right, his daughter, um, started in the business doing oddball things, and now she's kind of there. there I don't want to put a title to her, but I will. It's probably not right, but I consider her to be like a VP of HR and operations because that seems to be her niche. Mm-hmm. And um, today's guest is going to talk to us about what that journey is like if you're not a family member, if you're not a, a legacy person in a business. And uh, so we hope that you'll continue to listen today. And uh, obviously, we love call-ins, and our number is 323-580-5755. We've got a great show coming up for you today, and with that, let's switch on over to Ray. Hello. Hello, Ray. Guess what? I'm back. You're back. <laughs> back. And you brought a lovely lady with you. Yes, I do. Uh, we have a fantastic guest today, and this is uh, Patricia Miller. And Patricia is the epitome of success of a success story in franchising. Her tough circumstances, drive and drive to survive, and grit and determination coupled with an opportunity provided by Carolyn Thurston and Wisdom Senior Care and Wisdom Senior Academy propelled her from an entry-level nurse nurses aide to a franchise owner leading her own team. Welcome Yay. to the show. And you're you. up here. <laughs> no, she got it. She was right there. I saw her lean forward. Oh, okay. Patricia, tell us this journey is so cool. Obviously, I have so many questions, as I'm sure does Ray. But let's talk about what initially got you into working in the franchise in the beginning. Okay. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm really excited. Uh, about sharing this journey because it has been quite uh, an interesting journey, um, quite a changes in my life, and finding a niche in life that makes you feel good about what you're doing every day. And yeah. sometimes people ask, well, how do you just keep going? Uh, you have to love what you do, and it doesn't seem like work. 
so, yes. uh, although right. we know it's a lot of uh, different aspects of it each day. I initially um, got into healthcare because I was, um, my mother had gotten ill and I watched a caregiver take care of her and I was nine hours away and I would travel home every other weekend, nine hours one way and back to see her. And I watched this person care for her and she promised me, she said, I will give her the quality care that she needs while you're not here. And that just touched my heart. And when I came back, and, and she ultimately passed away, but when I came back and I started thinking about what do you give? How do you give mm-hmm. in life? Where's my next phase of life? Right. And I knew Carolyn Thurston, and she I knew she had started a business, and I knew something about it, but not a whole lot. And she mm-hmm. and I were talking one day um, because during that time I also had lost my husband. So oh. there were a lot of things that were happening in life. And she said, well, Patricia, why don't you come and work with me? I said, well, Helen, I don't work with seniors. I tend to work with children more. And she <laughs> says, well, it's the other end of the spectrum. Right, right. <laughs> said, they say okay. it's like a full circle, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's where you started. Exactly. Yeah. And so thing, I would imagine. <laughs> you find some of it, yes. And you find yeah. yourself just having to, of course, show that dignity and respect to them yeah. because they're older, they're seniors. And she said, just, just, just come see what you think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. went through the process. And as I was going through it, I was starting to really find myself enjoying a lot of things about it. And I said, well, while I'm doing this, why not get some certifications behind it? And, you know, I love education. I love growing. So I did that, got on that, that aspect of it. And Carolyn said, you know, Patricia, I'm going to venture out, and we're going to open up an entire different business uh, called Wisdom Senior Care. And I said, absolutely, because I believed in her, first of all, her dream, and then I believed in the mission statement, which is what captured my my attention, because we talked about being able to be a premier uh, senior company Uh in the Durham area because we're located in, we're in Durham, North Carolina. Right. And then taking that even steps further, not only in in Durham, but other cities uh-huh. and then other states. And the, the dream just kept getting bigger and bigger. And as we were pursuing this, we found ourselves, of course, swamped with yeah. a lot of um, <laughs> trying to care for people, trying to keep people on, and it became pretty hectic. Uh-huh. And as we started looking at it, uh, Ms. Thurston was actually sharing her knowledge with people and having to help them many, many times over after going through some training. Yep. And we found out that she um, found out that she honestly needed to venture out with more people, yep. and she said, "Okay." Um, I'm not sure which way we're going to go, but we're going to do something different. And it became franchising. Uh-huh. And so the franchising aspect of this started, and we weren't sure because we had all been so protective of what we were doing. Right. We were like, oh, who is this people talking about franchising? What is this all about? <laughs> what is this yeah. going to do for us? You know, we wanted to protect Ms. Thurston. You know, she's worked so hard, uh-huh. and we want this to be something that um, is it, going to be good for her, good for, for our future. And yeah. she she actually got a lot of information and she came to us and she says, I trust what we're doing here. 
And I want to know if you got you all would trust what we're doing. And mm-hmm. that's where we started. And as the franchises started growing, uh, I wasn't one of the first ones to get started. But mm-hmm. as, we, as I was observing as things were growing, I then said, okay, um, I'm, I'm ready now. This is another phase of life. It's time right. to do something else. And so uh, then that was introduced to me about franchising in the a surrounding area, another county, and a territory that I am part of now. And uh, we started literally, I must say, with zero, with nothing. Yeah. There yeah. were no people. There was the money, you know, challenges. And you say, well, how do you do it? Um, and I have to yeah. say my beliefs, I stepped out on faith. And yep. I said, we're going to go based on the system that we created and we're developing and the processes and follow that. And that's what we did. You know, uh, you came said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you did say a couple of key things that I want to I want to point out because we spent some time talking about them. And the one thing I heard you say first is that you really believed in the mission statement. Right. That Carolyn had set forth. That was something that really hit home for me for for you. And. You know, we've, we've been talking um, for weeks now about how important that is, even if you're, you know, an entry-level person and you're just getting there, to make sure that the owners share that with their employees. Is that something that you're actively doing with your employees as you bring them on board? Absolutely. It's one of the things that when anyone comes on and we started hiring, that was mm-hmm. the thing. There were no people, so I had to start hiring. And as we talked to them, or as I was talking to them, I would share with them why I got involved in the business. What was the foundation for me? Even right. when you don't quite understand what's happening, I go back to that foundational statement and yeah. our mission statement, and that's what keeps you moving forward. Well, and I love that you have a passion for Carolyn and that you're very protective, that you all were very protective before she decided to franchise. Um, I think that speaks volumes about leadership and um, how you get people bought to buy in. So if today, if somebody wanted to come and, you know, they had the money and they wanted to buy a franchise, what would you tell them about owning a wisdom senior care? I would say it is a phenomenal um, business with a tremendous future for, as we could keep talking about, sustainability, legacy. Uh Right. It's going to be work, but it's going to be worth your, if you have a vision or a passion for the senior population, or if you, because that is our franchising. Sure. And if that's what you have a passion for and you want to see that go on in your family line, then you can join the franchise of Wisdom Senior Care. That's awesome. Carolyn also said that they do not just award franchises to people who have big fat checkbooks. Correct. It is uh, people who you sit down as a board and it can be a little nerve wracking when you're sitting there and and they're talking to you. But Mm -hmm. if you really know, if it's in your heart, it has to be a heart passion. It has to be a commitment that you're making. And you can tell when someone's in it for, I'll say, just the money or what they think will be the money or if they have a passion for this continuing on and helping people for a lifetime. I think you hit the key word there is passion. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's 
it's amazing how many people don't know what they have a passion for until you kind of highlight that in their lives and say, well, look, you, you seem to be really good at this, you know, and all of a sudden they begin to light up and they realize I am, I am really yeah. good at that. Exactly. So Patricia, tell us a little bit. I know that Carolyn formed this, um, I'm going to call it a school or this course, this mentoring thing for, for people who want to go to the next level in terms of senior care. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what your um, experience has been with it and how that kind of changed you? Absolutely. The Wisdom uh, Academy is another a vision that came out of getting caregivers into the field. We call we're, we call ourselves skilled experts now because mm-hmm. we do believe we bring uh, a level of expertise with, to our clients. So when we were out there, we, people were coming in and say, "Oh, I've got training. I've done this. I've been, I've got my certifications." And we mm-hmm. were watching when they go out to the clients' homes, and we were sort of going, "Hmm, this is not quite how <laughs> we have uh, achieved our success, and we want our clients." So know they can trust the people that are coming in. Right. The so with that, we're saying, you know, let's just make sure because let's bring on an academy to train people mm-hmm. based on the, our North Carolina state regulations and based on the fact that we have processes in place that they must follow when right. they get out there. And going, and then that was an undertaking because you have to have nurses, you have to get the whole credentials and everything um, set for the school. And as they started the first class and you brought people and you could see them catching that vision and that passion, even though they said some of them were nudged into it, maybe by parents or right. a, a loved one. And, and once they got into it, they, many of them caught the vision. And uh-huh. I, I, I want to share a quick little testimony that happened to me this week because Please. of the academy. I had a client who had to go into the hospital and so we go with our clients when that happens. And I was there, and I had on the, the uniform that said Wisdom, and they said, is it Wisdom Senior Care, Wisdom Academy? I said, yes. She says, I am a student of Wisdom wow. Academy. Wow. And I said, oh, my goodness. She said, four years. She was a class of 2018. Yeah. And she said how much she thoroughly enjoyed it, how much it tremendously helped her, helped her get to the position she's in now at the hospital mm-hmm. setting. And she had nothing but great things to say about it. And the, the instructors, the, the vision that Ms. Thurston continues to put out there when she speaks to the classes. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I can see and feel and hear the passion that that's you true. have for taking care of people. So I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. No, uh, I was just agreeing with you. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't know what their, where their passion lies. And you found it, so you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about your business. Are you in Durham as well now? No, actually, we have territories. Once you uh-huh. join the franchise, they they look across the state of North Carolina since we're here, and they say they're territories. So I'm in Pittsburgh, North Carolina, uh, Chatham okay. County, so the okay. entire Chatham County area and surrounding cities. Awesome. And so tell me, how many um, folks do you have working for you as experts now? Uh, the number kind of goes up and down at times, but we are into average uh, anywhere from 16 to 20 uh, nice. right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
and they are coming on. Um, and we've also have strategic partners. And I bring that up because we are a strategic partner with one of the colleges. And the, the college, because Durham uh, has the academy, we're also in Pittsburgh, there is Chatham County Community College. And they have a training session for their students. And we became strategic partners. And as their students uh, are getting into the clinical steps, they can then apply to work with us. And that has proven to be a great relationship. And I had the opportunity with several of the students that had completed the courses to go and speak at one of their uh, banquets to celebrate them. Wow. Uh, and they were awarded by the State Employees Credit Union here uh, a, a fair amount of monies to continue those programs. And it was just really nice to see that not only could they get the education, but they can also get the, the work experience and the mm-hmm. training on yeah. a level where they're not so much thrown into, say, a hospital setting or a right. huge facility setting where they're having to take care of 10 to 15 people. Uh, when we can give them sort of a one-on-one experience, uh-huh. help give them some foundation, help them understand what it really means to care for a senior and how right. to grow themselves and their confidence. Yeah. You know, I think, Patricia, what you just shared is, is a good um, point for franchisors and franchisees alike. That strategic partnership, you know, in days where it's difficult to find people, and sometimes it's challenging to keep people, whether it's existing people that go back into this additional training or schooling is a great way to keep them engaged. And if you are a strategic partner, whether it's a school or it might even be a trade school for some of our um, franchises out there, right? Build those partnerships because those are your future employees. And I think often, even as a franchisee, you know, we don't think about, well, geez, there's a, a, you know, there's a technical school down the street. What could I do with them to help bring in some of the key people that I might have? Or if I'm a Mr. Handyman or AirServe or something like that that needs technical people, there are all kinds of colleges around that offer those classes. So I think your, your mention of that strategic partnership should really make everybody kind of think about who are my strategic partners in the community that I might be able to reach out to. Like Ray and I, you know, we could be reaching out, and we did at one point, um, and help some of the domestic violence victims. You know, when they're ready to come back into the workforce, it's a great place for them to start. So I think that's a really good tip that you shared, and I really appreciate that. So uh, how long has your business been open now, Patricia? Uh, We actually started in March of 2020. And if anyone knows that uh, significant time frame was the pandemic hit. Yeah. And when we had started and I was looking for office space and everything, and we got that secured, and then we're looking to connect with uh, some of the facilities, make ourselves known here. And I went to a facility. We gave our, our presentation, and they really liked it. They said one of the things that really captured our attention is that you had a uniform system. And that meant you would present well. When your people would come to work here, they're going to be uniform. They're going to look and dress professionally. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, they said so many people had come in, they found people coming in in pajamas and other things to work. And we were all like, what? And she said, yes. So we really liked that aspect of it. 
Yeah. So as March of 2020, two weeks after we'd gotten our foot in that door, um, the pandemic hit and the doors closed in many, many facilities. Right. And that was one. They said, we're not allowing any other companies in. Uh, the companies that are here will continue to service our residents as needed. And so we got a tremendous amount of clients uh, getting started with that. And we were getting uh caregivers, which meant it also brought on a challenge of interviewing. Sure. How do you interview some? Because we normally have to do it in person. Well, right. We couldn't do that. So we became very good with Zoom and virtual uh, interviewing and um, trainings and, and things to that effect, which affected the, the government because they had to change the way they required us to yeah. uh, get people on board. And they allowed us to do that. And That's once fantastic. we got... Yes, once we got people on board, um, like I said, our presentation and our professionalism and uh-huh. making sure that our care skilled experts understood why we were there, yeah. um, we got the reputation of being a, a company that you want to call on first. Mm-hmm. And That's our amazing. uniform colors are purple and gold, so we're the oh. nickname the purple people. The purple people. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So I don't know if I really need to ask you all over again, but I mean, well, well, we already talked about, you know, what it costs to invest in all that good stuff. Were there things about owning your own business that surprised you? Um, It wasn't so much the business aspect of it. I think it was the mindset of people. Um, Oh, yeah. Go into it. Um, the, the business, and I, I must say this, because we have a tremendous consu- business consulting team uh, with us, marketing team uh, that provided the literature, the collateral, all that we had to put out that gave the professional look, um, those things were all ready. And they were very knowledgeable about what they were doing. Um, we had to learn, of course, with the pandemic, how to handle things with business yeah. and how things were changing. Uh, and that education was going out very quickly. As soon as Ms. Thurston would find out things, she would let the franchises know. Uh, this is what you need to be aware of. These are the uh, licenses. These are the things you need to stay on top of uh, to make sure that uh, things don't fall through the cracks because you can get bombarded with yeah. all these things and then to find the red tape, the paperwork, and all of that. But because we had uh, a great training system going, we had mm-hmm. weekly meetings, that they could answer any questions anytime, day or night for you. That's amazing. That's great. And, you know, that shows a really strong leader in that organization. So not only does, does, does her passion carry her to fulfill her dream of opening the business and then franchising it, but it's obviously gone to all of you as well. We do have a question from the East Coast. We've got some people out there hitting us up on some questions for you. And um, someone here would like to know what was the most fulfilling thing that Patricia has found about owning a business? I think the most fulfilling is knowing that you are with an organization, Wisdom Senior Care, that sees your future. They don't see where you start. They don't see where you are right now. They all they see the future before, once you are approved by the board. They see the future for you. Now, it's a matter of you to continue that belief in yourself and gain the belief in the system. Sure. Um, 
if you can believe in this, and it's going to be challenging. I would tell anyone, although this might all sound good, it's work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, self-reflecting, uh, self-acknowledging um, where you are and the changes that mm-hmm. you have to make within yourself. Because, and I always say this, if you already knew how to do it, you'd already be there. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Conversely, their question was, and you kind of started to touch on it, what has been the most annoying or difficult thing for you? That was my question. The difficult thing, and I tell you, and it still gets me to this, people, when you say work. Uh, because yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, where do you think you're going to get funding from? How do you think you're yeah. going to live? Um, yeah. And people will come and they will promise you the world in the interview that they love the things. They love working. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do all these hours. And then once you get started, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't know it would in, in, entail all of this. I didn't realize <laughs> you, you had nice to do all weekend. of this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. People need to be cared for on nights and weekends? No. <laughs> right, right. I said the seniors don't take off, you know. Right. And just like the name of our business, 365 Home Gate, it is that. It's yeah. year in, year out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Patricia, tell me quickly, how did you find, um, was funding relatively easy when you have a business that is service-driven, not like you don't have a lot of inventory necessarily? Did you find it um, help, easy to get funding? I know people are thinking, especially right now, like, oh, my gosh, if I want to do it, I have this dream, but where am I going to find the money? Yeah. Um, it, it can be challenging. Um you do, there are a lot of funds out there that you don't know about, so uh-huh. it does pay to look into the small business um, to understand what kind of fundings are available, uh-huh. and just listening, talking to people about it, talking to your banks, um, and sometimes you feel like you talk to the banks and they don't quite understand, or, yeah. or they're turning you down, so you do have to... Uh, look for other options. Yes, that can be an aspect of frustration to you. It can mm-hmm. be a time where maybe you go into partnership with someone. Right. Maybe you find someone that's, a I like to say, a solid partner. But yeah. Sometimes they, they can be vocal. Uh, yeah. If you find someone that can believe in you and your vision and you can lay it out, lay a business plan out for them to see what their investment what they're investing in and how they'll get that return on their investment. Yes. Very good. Very good. Well, I am so delighted to have been able to meet you for our folks out there who would like to talk to you further. Um, well, first of all, I have another question. I just got another pop to the screen here. Um, but there are going to be people who want to hear your story. And I want to make sure everybody knows that you were in our August issue of Pillars of Franchising Magazine, which you can find at pillarsoffranchising.com if you'd like to go back and read more about Patricia. Um, and the question I have now is, oh, this is fun. What is the weirdest thing that you've encountered? <laughs> the weirdest thing? Yeah. Um, it might not seem weird to some people, but um, when you think about healthcare and you some people have this idea of a plush uh, setting that they will go into. <laughs> Sometimes you go into some real creative settings yeah. um, and the homes, but the ultimate is you're going to care for someone. So I got a call, and the gentleman explained that his uh, loved one, his brother, was a, a former physician, 
and unfortunately he had brain a brain tumor, brain cancer. And he, you know, we'd like to have someone come out. I said, okay, sure. And I always try to go out first and do the um, initial meet and greet and give them paperwork. And he says, you're going to come down this little dirt road and you're going to turn off the path and then you're going to see the, the home. It's like a cabin. And I said, okay. And I get there and it's the tiniest little cabin I've ever seen in the middle of the woods. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm immediately thinking I've got females that are going to come out here. I've got people yeah. trying to think, who are you going to have on your team that can come and yeah. successfully do this? Right. So that was a little strange. And he said, it's a one-bedroom, but we've turned it into a two-bedroom. I said, I'm looking around like, how? He says, you know, out on the deck, we have a tent. And that, that's the second bedroom. <laughs> and they literally did. Wow. Oh, wow. That is very interesting. <laughs> well, Patricia, where might people find you? Uh, are you on LinkedIn? Are you on the social media platforms where people could find you yes. if they want to talk LinkedIn. to you about your inspiring story? Yes, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all with uh, with at uh, wisdomseniorcare.com slash 102. Awesome. I have to say, it has been such a great pleasure spending time with you today, and it's it's just this kind of emotional story that you have, and I love the whole growing up in the business idea, because so many people start a job, and they don't think about how it can turn into a career. Yes. Can I share one more little thing? One Please. of the students that uh, we connected with the college, and she came to work, and she was so energetic, excited, but she was young, and she, you know, she needed some nurturing, she needed some caring, and that's one of the things you learn, too, you, you have to have that passion to help, and mm-hmm. so she decided, after she got her certification, she wanted to go pursue the greener pastures, and I said, okay, so she went, I said, I will caution you to stay with us, she didn't, and she went, and about Two weeks later, she calls me up. She says, Miss Patricia, can I come see you? I said, sure. And she came in and she said, it's not what I thought. And she said, you were right. I needed to stay a little longer to get my foundation built. And I said, let me ask you this. Are you looking for a job or a career? If you want a job, you chase the money. I said, but if you want a career, you want to get a good foundation. You want to get a good understanding of of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yep. Because when times get tough, you'll have to fall back on those. That's awesome. What a nice Correct story. <laughs> I hope that young lady is still with you, and I hope she turns out to be a leader for you one of these days if she's not already. She She's pursuing other other areas, but Again. she's in touch. <laughs> well, yeah. That's yeah. good. Hopefully she learned all she could from you, and you never know. I've had people come back to me three and four times already. So Absolutely. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it happens. Thank you so much for Thank your you. story. We Thank enjoy you for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, all and right. we're going to be checking in with you again, so watch for emails from Elizabeth, because if it's not here on the show, I know she'll want to do some follow-up with you in the magazine. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you, Patricia. All righty. And we'll hey, be right franchise back. owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? 
Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. I just pulled in Elizabeth. Seriously? Oh, welcome back. I mean, seriously? <laughs> and none of you called me out. I could see Ray was on the edge of the wanted to do it. <laughs> welcome back to another great episode of Pillars of Franchising. What a fantastic interview with Miss Patricia Miller of Wisdom Senior Care. And now with me joining us is our legal expert, Miss Laura Liss. Hi, Laura. Hey, Kristen, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you. Good. Now we're going to get down to some brass tacks, I understand, right? That's right. I know one of the things we were thinking about, um, you know, when we we evaluate whether or not a candidate is going to like a system um, is, you know, there's you have the whole FDD, right? You have the whole stack of paper. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that are relevant that may not be written down, right? Because, the way that the FDD is required to be prepared, the franchisor can't really include things that aren't in the, the statute that says how you have to write the document. Okay. Okay. Um, and so one of those, a big one to start with, you know, is really understanding their culture. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's, that is critical uh, because, you know, if, if, like, you know, our guest was saying, you know, you, you, if you're just looking for a job and you're chasing the money, are you looking, you know, for a career? Are you looking for something where you're going to have legacy? You know, you're making a difference in people's lives. Um, mm-hmm. Those are very, potentially very different types um, of culture in a franchise right. system. Uh, whereas there are other ones where, you know, it's perfectly fine that they want people who are focused on the bottom line, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. something where they are in their businesses, you know, the franchisee isn't necessarily in their business day to day. They're more of a passive owner and that's fine. Um, you know, and, and then also really getting to understand what it's like if there's a mistake, right? Is the franchise system, uh, you know, pretty heavy handed? Are they going to immediately send you, you know, a default notice if something happens or is it more, you know, forgiving, right? So how would they have the FDD? They're reviewing it. Um, and these things aren't in the FDD. How should they go about finding out the information? Yeah. So they really need to be calling the existing franchisees, assuming, you know, that the brand has those. Um, and those, those people's phone numbers are all in the franchise disclosure document. Um, you know, and I know that not everybody finds it comfortable to call people they don't know and, um, you know, ask them these questions. But at the same time, it's a potentially huge investment, right? It's well, probably and, worth it. Sure. And everybody's been where you're at, right? So it's not like you're going to call and ask questions that they probably didn't call and ask 
back when they were looking to buy their business. So right. you kind of have to get over that you, because you need to make an educated decision. Absolutely. Um, you know, another example of something that they might not know, uh, but, you know, is really relevant, you know, recently since the pandemic started, you know, there's been a lot of discussion uh, about labor issues, right? That, that you know, mm-hmm. there's not enough supply of people who want to do different types of positions. Um, but, you know, in the senior care industry, like where our guest is a franchisee, um, mm-hmm. that industry for many, many years has, has already had those issues, irrespective of the pandemic, um, right. because frankly, there are not a lot of people who already live in the U.S. who want those jobs. Um, they're usually, right. you know, fulfilled by people who are immigrants. And mm-hmm. so, you know, regardless of anyone's opinion on immigration, there are just not as many uh, people here, right? Because yeah. there's not as much immigration right now. Uh, yeah. And so that is something that when you're evaluating a business and you're thinking about, okay, how am I going to, you know, make this work? What am I going to have to pay? Um, you know, that's really relevant. That's actually a really good point. Um, because there are a lot of different types of franchises that do need a, a, a more entry level position. And it's amazing how many um, people here don't want to do those jobs, but that's a whole nother conversation we can have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I'm sure you see that, you know, with your franchise, right? Oh, yeah. you know, that you probably have people who are, um, you know, you've trained them, they know exactly what to do. And then you have people who are more entry level and um, you sure. need both. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true any business, right? You need a good balance. Yeah. So what other things should people, the, the, the call that you talked about when you said um, calling existing franchise, franchisees, if you're out there and you're in the process right now, that's what we're talking about when you have the validation process. Those are the, that's yeah. what we refer to as a validation process. So make sure you add that to your questions that you're going to ask the existing franchisees when you call as you're um, trying to decide what business is right for you. What right. else do you have for us, Laura? Well, I mean, I would, I would just go back on that. And, you know, you really can't call too many of the other mm-hmm. franchisees, right? Um, you just, you know, you'll, you'll, some of them may not ever call you back. Some of them, you know, it may not be anything new, um, but you need to keep calling because you just don't know, um, you know, what that, what, what you're going to uncover. Um, right. So I would just, I would just harp on that. You know, it's, I think it's something that people don't do enough. You know, like I had a client that was looking at spending probably over a million dollars um, on a concept. And I said, okay, how many, you know, how many of the franchisees have you called? And they're like, oh, I called two. <sighs> And Ouch. it's a huge investment, you know, to me, I mean, maybe, maybe a million dollars isn't a lot to them. You know, I don't know what their financial profile is. But well, maybe if people, they win this lottery, it won't be, but <laughs> normal person. Right? Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it is pretty surprising um, for most people to, you know, realize that they need to call so many. Um, it's, so, it's, it's yeah. worth their time. Um in the balance, right? So you want to you want to call the top ten, the bottom ten, some that have you know, and I don't mean all ten, but you know, pick some out of the top, out of the bottom, in the middle, some that have left or sold the system. You can Those are really them. important. Yeah, there's there's a separate list in the FCD of franchisees that, for whatever reason, it could be that they were terminated, or it could be mm-hmm. that they just didn't renew, or maybe a spouse had a health issue and they could yep. no longer keep their business. Whatever the case may be, um, but there's a separate list of people who were separated for whatever sure. reason in the last 
12 months from when the document was published. And so mm-hmm. those people are especially relevant to kind of get their take, right? Because you can yeah. certainly see culture uh, from talking to those folks, whether it was, yeah, they were, they really worked with me, you know, when my spouse was sick and, you know, they were good people or, sure. you know, they were not, they were not helpful and they didn't support me. And, you know, eventually I just had to close and I lost my investment, right? That's yeah. a worst case scenario. Um, it is. But you need to know that. I, I don't think anybody should ever go into buying a franchise and not feel like they went in with their eyes wide open because there's just so many resources out there. You know, we talked just lightly with Patricia and you know, I, I didn't get into the, the, the details with her, but, you know, as she said, she's talking to all these banks and, you know, remember, we've talked on the show before that a lot of your general banks, they don't understand franchise. No, and they so really those, don't. No, um, you have to go to a bank that's familiar with franchise lending, right? Yeah. And even within banks, you know, that say that they do that, there are specialized, you know, what are known as like the SBA programs, like small business administration backed loan programs, um, which is typically how most franchises are financed. Right. If you needed yep. to build out that million dollar business, like my other client, I was saying, you know, they are going to loan you a good chunk of that. Um, sure. And so I think that's also something that, you know, is not really necessarily in the document that a lot of um, potential candidates maybe don't have figured out. They don't have figured out their financing um, yeah. usually when I talk to them and, you know, they have they might have an idea, mm-hmm. but they haven't necessarily spoken to that kind of. A particular lender, right? Sure, right. Makes a really big point to tell them, look, you know, there's nothing in it for me, but I would like to connect you with, you know, these five different SBA lenders that I know. You sure. can talk to them. You pick whoever you want, but yep. please don't just walk into your branch. Yeah. <laughs> and expect yeah. that someone is going to know uh, what you're talking about or how to help you because they're not. Going yeah, to. and that's why, you know, for those of you who haven't been on our website. You know, everybody that we have on the show, we consider them, Fred likes to call them pillarized, right? So the, the lending specialists that we've had on the show, we try to make sure we have top-notch people who have folios of different banks and different um, ways to get you funding so that, you know, if you're looking for something out there, go to the Pillars of Franchising, go to our past guests. They're actually, I believe we've got them organized now, and if not, you can scroll through and find the ones that are for bankers, right? We just did a show a couple weeks ago. Uh, with Benetrends, and we've had several others on. So it's a good place to start, again, trying to be your resource for all this information. Did you have another point on there, Laura? Because I have a question for you when you... Uh, oh, you, you go ahead and ask your question. Well, this, this was one that um, I found kind of interesting because when we signed the FDD, what I hadn't really understood is how the FDD and the operating agreement play together. The operations manual. Yeah. So that is something really important to know. And and the kind of the way that I would describe it is, you know, it's the background is important here, right? Most franchise agreements are for a very long period of time, right? They're for seven Mm -hmm. years, 10 years, sometimes 20 years. Um, And it just isn't possible, right? To come up with every scenario and every little thing that the franchisor and the franchisee need to think about, right? Um, You would hope that, the, that things evolve in business or life, right? Uh, <laughs> over seven years, 10 years, 20 years, certainly. Um, and so what, what happens is that, you know, the core things are put into the franchise agreement. Like for example, the royalty rate or the right. 
amount that you might pay for, you know, I don't know, your marketing fee, uh, uh-huh. how much you have to spend on local advertising, you know, really core financial decisions. Right. Um, but beyond that, everything is pretty much discretionary for the franchisor and the way that they administer those changes and, and update you and say, okay, this is what you need to do now. You know, we're not doing this anymore. You're not allowed to sell yeah. that is by doing updates to what's known as the operations manual. Um, and, yeah. and those can be, I mean, they're usually hundreds of pages. They're not typically printed. They used to be in the old days, right? right. Um, now they're usually all on some kind of like intranet site that the right. can access. Uh, but, you know, it's really important to make sure that, you know, when you, again, when you talk to other franchisees, mm-hmm. okay, do they feel like the operations manual materials, is that helpful, right? If they have yeah. a new staff person coming on, can they use that to kind of train them? Or sure. is it outdated? Is it not useful? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, also, like, are there things that are changing a lot, right? Like, you know, sometimes something they roll out a new software system and that they make it sound like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then, you know, yeah. two years later, it's, it's really not. And, you know, you have to buy a new POS system or something. And that's, that's frustrating. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, we've had a few really big players um, in that, in that particular situation, right? So Subway went through a whole new signing thing. Other franchises, we know that have gone through a new POS system. We went through a new CRM. So there are a lot of different changes and, and many times, and we've gone through like three different, you know, I'll call them phases of logos for our cars, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and and those are a big deal, right? It's one of our lead sources, one of the biggest ones. And and what people don't think of, oh, who cares? You're changing your logos. Well, let me tell you, when you're wrapping a car and each car is $3,000, it's a big deal. Right. So. You know, what would you say, I mean, would you give the operations manual as much weight as the FDD? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that, you know, taking it as a whole and assuming that the, the candidate has really gotten to know the business, right? Like they've either yeah. been a customer or they've talked to a lot of people who are customers, depending on mm-hmm. the type of business. Um, I don't know that it's more important but because the operations manual is really there for like the nitty gritty of the business, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if the franchisee at least understands what the business is now, I mean, you yeah. don't need to know every recipe or every, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. But if you understand what the business is, then I don't think you, that's, it's not as important when you're signing, which sure. is good because they're not going to let you see that. You know, it's proprietary. Um, yeah. They're not going to let you see that before you sign. Um, back in the day when it back in the day when it used to be paper, um, right. you could you could ask the salesperson, you know, sit with the salesperson and like leaf through it and yeah. see, you know, does it make sense? But now because it's electronic, they won't do that. Well, we have an operating manual, but then we have an operating agreement. Oh, interesting. What tell me what that looks like for you guys? Well, I'm gonna send it to you because I'd like Ooh. you to kind of take a look at it and I would like to put that on our agenda for one of these next shows because I'm really curious to see how many franchisors run an F D D and an operating agreement. Okay. So we can talk through kind of some of the differences and, and, and that's really the one that I wanna know. Like the operations manual, yeah, it tells me how to input a customer into the system, right? What colored shirts my girls should be wearing. But I want to know this operating agreement. 
what kinds of changes should people expect? And should you ask at the time that you're disclosed with your FDD, is there also an operating agreement? Yeah, I mean, technically, when you are given a, a, an FDD, okay, the legally, um, mm-hmm. anything that you're going to be required to sign, mm-hmm. okay, um, anything you're going to be required to sign has to be included in that FDD package, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to be required, you know, assuming that you're signing it with the franchisor, not necessarily sure. a third-party vendor, um, but anything with the franchisor. So the franchise agreement is in there. Um, if you had a lease rider, um, if you had to sign that operating agreement, I don't know, mm-hmm. but if you had to sign it, um, usually it should be in there. Um, otherwise, it's very, very challenging that they could ever make you sign it. Um, yeah. There can be incentives. Um, like I know I know some systems where, you know, you can't have like the cool new thing that they're marketing to like everyone unless you, you know, agree to make other changes that they've been trying to get you to make sure. for, you know, a while that you've been <laughs> Yeah, the carrot and the stick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the carrot and the stick, right? You can't have the cool new espresso machine or whatever unless mm-hmm. you, you know, agree that you're going to, like, re- refurb, refinish your store so it looks yeah. nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. interesting. I'll tell you, every day I learn more and more about this industry, and I'm more and more intrigued by the ins and outs, whether it be by brand, whether it be by owners, by founders. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. There's so much to learn. So, um I thank you so much for your time today and your insight. And, you know, this is something if, if people are looking right now to buy, go back, listen again to the episode, listen to really both interviews, because I really think Patricia had some things. If you didn't hear it, watch it, see her expressions. I mean, she's really passionate about what she does. And that's a good sign of, you know, a franchise that not only do they have great values, they have great leadership. And um, as she mentions, great ability to pivot in the midst of the pandemic, which I think is really important. Lori, your feedback is always very appreciated. And uh, if anybody's out there looking to get into uh, any of these areas, please check out our website at www.pillarsoffranchising.com. And again, all of our past guests are on there and several of the topics that we talk about that are really important to the buying process. Um, happen to be wrapped up in there as well. So at this point, Fred, are we going to a commercial? As usual, thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show 247, which can be found at franchiseshow247.com. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we'd love to have call-in guests. Our number to call in is 323-580-5755. That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our million-dollar mentors, we welcome you to call in at any time on the show. We will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up. And we want to thank you all for joining us today on Pillars of Franchising with our special guest, Patricia Miller of Wisdom Senior Care. What a great pleasure it was to speak with her. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode as long as any, as well as, excuse me, any others that you might find out there. Thank you to Real P- Ray Pillar. <laughs> My tongue just isn't working today. Thank you, Ray Pillar, our million-dollar mentor, Laura List, our franchise attorney, and Fred McMurray with Elizabeth Denham, our producers. I am Kristen Shalmessi, and together we are your resource 
for franchising success. This has been another episode again of Pillars of Franchising, and remember, the dream starts here.